Welcome to the Beyond High Performance Podcast, featuring content and conversations from me, Jason Jaggard, along with our elite coaches at Novus Global, their high-performing clients, and the faculty at the Meta Performance Institute for Coaching. On this podcast, you'll hear some of the world's best executive coaches and high-performing leaders, artists, and athletes discuss how they continue to go beyond high performance in their lives and businesses. Chris would be like, wait a minute. What do you mean you're not a good business person? Is that a proven thing? And so you put that into test and then you realize I'm a pretty good business person. So there are a lot of surprising discoveries about myself that were just walls that I put up that I didn't even know. In this episode of Your Finest Hour, I, Dan Leffler, interview client Esther Munn and her coach, Chris North. Esther runs an incredible branding and design company with the coolest name, Little Fury. In this conversation, we dive into how competency and chemistry is important when choosing a coach, how coaching can be an incredible environment to promote curiosity and discover and overcome the fear that blocks you from pursuing your dreams. We hope you enjoy the show. Well, we're so excited to have Esther Moon here with us from Little Fury and her coach, Chris North, who's an associate partner with Novus Global a very talented coach and also works in film and production in LA and New York. And so I'm just so excited to have two very creative people on this this conversation. Just jumping right in, tell us a little bit about your company and maybe its origin story. How did it start? How did this get going? Uh, Little Fury Design has been around about 15 years. Our intention of starting a studio was never our passion or desire. When Tina was at a full-time job and I was at my respective full-time job, we both connected uh, for a potential new new work that was opening up at her work, which was Martha Stewart magazines. And we just had a we just had a casual conversation about the reality of working there and we both share the passion of product lines. So we came up with the idea of this thing called linkable notebooks where these physical journals that link to one another. Um, so that sparked a conversation of starting something together. It was like a love at first sight. We decided to quit our jobs by end of that year. Wow. Um, and, you know, send production of our handmade mock-ups for mass production. And then a few months after that, we, were, we looked at each other and we were like, hey, we should make money together. And so we conjoined our portfolio together and launched Little Fury Design. I so basically that. our passion for product line fed Little Fury in the beginning, but Little Fury is the one that actually took off as a design studio, branding okay, studio. Okay. I love the tagline on your website. Every big idea needs a Little Fury and like this idea of energy injection into, into ideas. I love that we decided we're going to quit our jobs by the end of the year. And then a few <laughs> months later, we said, we should probably make some money. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which if you don't have, like, I know we're just getting started here, but that gives you a, a pretty good yeah. picture, Dan, into the window of who Esther Moon is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I could, I was like, we shouldn't drive past that. Those two comments are just brilliant. So, so t- can we just dig into that a little bit more? What was it like uh, deciding to quit your jobs? Let's start there. I mean, we were in our, in our late twenties. So we were young and naive and we were just like, let's make money and pour all of our cash into producing these product lines. Wow. Thinking back, we were not wise with our finances back then. Um, <laughs> and Tina and I never worked together before. We've known wow. each other through like Pentagram Design uh, Studio that we used to work before. Yeah. We knew of each other and our first impressions of each other, we actually did not like each other either. Like she had a judgment <laughs> of me, I had a judgment of her. And so it was really surprising, pleasant surprise that we decided to start something together and 
adopt Tina's freelance name, Little Theory, conjoin our portfolio because we just come from a very different background of design. Yep. And then we started just, you know, hitting up people for like referrals and businesses. You're just opening up more doors that I'm just really curious about. So you had yeah. these judgments about each other. Is that something you guys like talked about like when you started the business or was it just something like, how did you move through that? Oh, we we're very honest and blunt with each other. So mm. probably like a few weeks after we were like, Hey, you know, when I first met you, I didn't like you. <laughs> <laughs> and I told her, I was like, oh, I thought you were kind of all that, all that, you know, like a little arrogant, whatever. And she thought I had way too much personality. And she was like, who is that girl just talking all the time? She was like, I can't. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. That's amazing. Okay. So uh, without, without trying to, it, people tend to react to um, describing their successes in different ways, but I, I'm just curious with Little Fury, who have you worked with? What's been the most exciting projects you've worked on? Tell us a little bit, like give us a little bit of the highlight reel, the Instagram kind of swipe through. Um, in the beginning, oh, so we actually um, worked on Rembrandt toothpaste that was with Mother New York uh, advertising agency. So that was our very big starting of Little Fury projects. So we started off really well working with Mother New York and Johnson and Johnson. And then soon after that, we worked with Pepsi. And then a few years after that, we started taking on a lot of startup businesses yeah. along with advertising agencies. And then at one point, we decided not to take on projects from advertising agencies because a lot of times our names were not known in front of clients and we wanted to lead and run our own projects. So there was a hard line where we're not working with uh, advertising agencies, we're taking our own clients. And, you know, they were probably like two or three times where we hit like a really dry spot in our businesses. And I think that's when we really gained trust in each other in T99, um, mm -hmm. that we were loyal and, and there was that, that really deep trust in each other that was totally valuable. And probably about like seven, eight years ago, we started working with Chobani when Chobani was starting up in, in America. Okay. Um, when the what classic is, what is cup Chobani? was... <laughs> Yogurt. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is why you don't invite a vegan to the party, guys. <laughs> All right, go on. I, I happen to love yogurt, so you're speaking my language, Esther. I'm sorry about Chris's <laughs> commitment yes. there. <laughs> yes. That's so great. Um, so I'm actually curious. I think that sets up a context really well in terms of what, what you were up to, the business. So there was a point and a process of deciding to engage coaching or even be exposed to... Like, can you tell us about the origin story, how you got connected with Chris and how that worked out? Yeah. 2020, I had COVID for two weeks in March. Wow. Um, and that unexpectedly really affected my yeah. focus, concentration, like physical health, which affected yeah. my mind and my heart. And a friend of mine in New York invited me to one of the workshops or inspirational gathering on Zoom that was hosted by Chris. And that was around end of June. So I forced myself to show up. This is while you were sick. This was right when I started getting better. Okay. Okay. And I'm an extrovert and I love people. And so for me not to want to engage was like a flag for me. Yeah. So I noticed that. And so I, I forced myself to show up. Wow. Um, and it was Chris leading about, I want to say 30 people on, on Zoom room. And he threw a question that was related to work and I couldn't answer any of the questions. So usually I'm pretty engaging in like answering responsive, but 
I was very silent. I didn't, I don't think I actually like spoke a word. Um, yeah. And it bothered me that I couldn't dig deeper into this session. So I reached out to Chris and I asked, do you coach creative design studios? Because <laughs> I think my biases and my judgments with coaching was yeah. what the heck are you going to deliver? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's a great question. <laughs> You know, like, are you going to just throw me a stinking PDF papers and be like, read this and implement it in your life? I'm like, no. Um, <laughs> Esther, I already love you. Like, <laughs> there's like a pragmatic <laughs> lens that you have, which is, this is going to make this conversation fun. Keep going. Yeah. So, yes. yeah. And I, for some reason, I think I associated coaching with corporate like world, ah. not, not yeah. like a creative world. Yes. So that's the first question I asked. Do you coach creative studios? And he said, yes, we have passion for our artists. And I was like, okay, can we have a conversation? So we had an initial conversation. And then second conversation, I was like, okay, I'm going to bring on my business partner, Tina. Mm. So we had a second conversation. And then Tina quickly told me that she can't be coached because of uh, her specific season of life. She was expecting a second she, she just didn't have a bandwidth. Got it. So the third conversation I had with Chris, I told him that um, Tina's out. Would it be effective if I would, I would be coached by myself? And he said, of course. And so I was going to hang up and think about it. But it was one of those gut things where if I don't pull the trigger right now, I think I'm going to regret it. It was mm. one of those gut things. So I was like, you know what? I have nothing to lose. So... And I just knew, you know how when you just kind of know when you talk to a person, you have this chemistry yeah. with in conversation yeah. and this energy dynamic. So Chris didn't come off as a coach for me. I no, felt what, like actually, I was talking. I really, <laughs> what was your first experience of Chris? I, like? I really that. want to hear that. <laughs> I don't know how to take that. <laughs> I felt like I was talking to a really good friend, uh, but like someone that I respect and who obviously knows a lot more outside perspective into into my life in all aspects of my life, um, especially focusing on little theory. So I think it was, there was a, that energy and chemistry that I already liked, that I felt comfortable in. And the fact that he said he had, you know, work with design studios and passion for artists and designers. And I think 2020, because you couldn't really go out and do anything. <laughs> I felt like, oh, this is my chance to incubate something and like just explode in 2021. <laughs> I love, I love that. Well, actually, we, I remember talking to some of, of the clients that I work with, Esther, that story you will tell about COVID and people talking about coming out with like six pack abs and like they, you know, they really, yeah. they use the time. So I love that like image of incubation. Chris, what, from your perspective, like what, how did you experience Esther? What was that like? She was basically like, I have nothing better to do, I guess. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> No, I, so I, I didn't know what to expect to be honest. Yeah. So, so the, the workshop that we met at was, it was right around the time. So just a, a quick little flashback, March, 2020 hit, there was lots of, of things happening. So I said, I'll coach anybody for, for an hour, uh, for a donation of any amount. <laughs> and then, and then we were able to do some fun things with that money to give to people that were in need. Cause it, we never knew what was going to happen. That so led it wasn't to, donation to you. It was donation no, to a no. cause. <laughs> no, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, it was a, a donation to a to a specific cause, and through that, somebody invited me to do a to to say, "Hey, can you come talk to a dinner party?" And I did that, and it just kind of went from there. They're like, "Well, will you do it? Will you do this again?" And I said, "Yes, only will this time everybody donate something to this cause." And so 
that's the originally how we got connected was that workshop. Like that's a thing that we would not like, I don't normally do that. And I actually don't think I've done it really since then, but it was for a very specific time and, and for a very specific purpose that was really exciting. And Esther reached out and I was like, I don't remember her on the call. <laughs> I don't remember. Really? Yeah. Yeah. There was, there, it was, it was a bit of a surprise to, to hear from her. So now it's fun to hear her side of it. And so we talked and, and it, yeah, it was a, I'll, I'll echo all of the same things. What I'm looking for oftentimes, and Esther, you know, this obviously is like when I'm, when I'm talking to somebody new, for me, it's never about a new client. I don't care. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and about just another body, another warm body. What I'm really looking for is somebody who's going to engage in the work and somebody who's actually going to be really bring their full selves to it. And the way that I say it, it's not just it's not just about time management. It's it's about energy management. And that's that's on my side, not like is the person managing their energy. But for me, does this person bring and, and it doesn't mean that they're bad if they don't or anything like that. It's just is there is there a good fit? Is it not? And Dan, you can probably tell by now talking with Esther brought a ton of energy. And <laughs> yes. Like this is a person who is as it as it was occurring to me at the time, I was like, this is a person we, we didn't know each other at the time. We've become really good friends since then. But I was like, this is a person who I believe will put everything into whatever it is that she's doing. And like has a, like has the, the fullness of participation just right there, always with everything that she's doing it. She just wore that. And so I was really excited. And then obviously, you know, she's not wrong. We do work with a lot of corporate and a lot of just different businesses and, and things like that. So, but I'm from Los Angeles and I got my start coaching with a bunch of creative people and entrepreneurs, creatives, things like that. So, and it had been a little while and she was like, do you coach people in this world? I was like, yes. <laughs> I mean, I mean, yes, potentially, maybe. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so why? Who's asking? <laughs> and so obviously it was, it was a lot of fun. I've obviously gotten to know Tina a little bit as well. Uh, since then, you're speaking to something that's really important. And, you know, we talk about competency in coaching. You know, obviously, you want to hire and work with a coach who's competent and knows how to coach. But chemistry is a really important piece of it that I think maybe, maybe doesn't get explored very much. Uh, mm. I, I'm just curious, actually, to both your thoughts on that. Like, what would you say, uh, Esther, for somebody looking for a coach, maybe in your mm. similar position or who's ready to level up? And we'll talk about how you leveled up your, your business and what you're up to. But what would you say to somebody who's, who's trying to figure out like, who would be a good fit for them? Honestly, I think that's kind of hard to articulate. Mm. It's kind of like when you're first meeting a new person where you just kind of know uh, that, oh, there is a natural flow in our conversation. And it's this feeling of like a gut feeling of, oh, I look forward to meeting you again, or I look forward to our next conversation. Mm-hmm. And there's that, I think it energizes you. I think that's the key that the other person doesn't drain you, but it actually adds on to your yeah energy and ideas and you feel like you throw something out and then the other person catches it and they add on to something they it's building something yeah um yeah yeah, i think it's it's a very intuition thing with the chemistry yeah that's fantastic chris uh, the same question to you i would echo all of that and then coach brain just disagrees with it just because and and uh (laughs) which i i don't disagree it really depends. I, th- I think on what the person is looking for. I know what it is on my side, but really what the person's looking for, because there's been an, uh, there's been a lot of people who I have, who I wouldn't say that I have chemistry with in comparison to a lot of my own, uh, my other clients. And they just get results. 
they engage the work powerfully. They really stand in in their empowerment and they they engage feedback really well. They get what they came for and they get way more. And so I think chemistry is fun. <laughs> I think it's a lot more fun. And I would say, I don't know that I necessarily have had chemistry with some of my most powerful coaches because of the way that I like engaged with that. So I think both are really yeah. important. If you can find chemistry and results, that's yeah. like the, the biggest winning combo. Yeah. If you have chemistry and no results, that's called a friend. And right. it's great yeah. that you have a friend, but you probably don't want to pay them money to be your friend. Well, and, and this is what's so interesting too, because I, and uh, this full disclosure, Chris is actually my coach right now. So Esther, like we are oh. both clients of Chris <laughs> and which is something we do in our own firm is we, we regularly coach with one another. Mm. And Chris says, I love working with Chris, partly because he's so different from me. Esther, I'm probably a little bit more like you. I'm an extrovert. I'm an energy person. Hopefully people can tell that on this podcast. If they can't, I probably shouldn't be doing it. But Chris is like very much, he slows me down. He did this, we actually coached today. Slows me down. He grounds me in some questions that, you know, I just run past like a rabbit. <laughs> it's like that, you know, it's almost like the chemistry that I have with, with Chris is different because it's, he's disrupting my natural state, uh, mm. which helps me begin to clarify things. I'm curious when you started working together, um, mm. did he do that? And what did you talk about? Like, what did you start to cast vision towards? I mean, to be honest, I didn't have like a specific vision. Mm. I think I was just sharing and laying out my struggle with business where, you know, we've been running our business for 15 years. We've been trying to figure out this pivot. What is our next pivot? Because I feel like I've been in this hamster wheel, just running around the same circle. But I liked Chris's professionalism in a way that it's like, because I tend to be chatty and little like jokestery and like just want to hang out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not that that's the point of coaching, but I think my natural tendency is very relational with people on yes. a very personal level. Um, but he's he's the one who kind of brings me down in a way that's like, okay, what is your ROI? Like, what if you were to put a dollar amount to that, what is that? So he puts like a very uh, clear marker in in the vision mm -hmm. in a very practical way that when I'm kind of like floating with balloons, he's just kind of like pulling me down a little bit. And I'm thinking of that imagery of up the grandpa just floating away. Yeah. And then like, he's just, you know, yeah, I had the same, <laughs> I had the same picture in my head when he said that. So it's like, it's like, cause if the house goes too high, yeah. you're going to die. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it was, it's interesting because I play that kind of role with me and Tina in the business partnership. So it's interesting to interesting. see someone else doing that for me. You know what I mean? Because you just kind of tend to think like, oh, that's just my role in business. But, oh, there's someone else who's grounded and rooted in something deeper who's actually pulling me down. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's awesome. Chris North, coach, pulls me down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, to be on a t-shirt somewhere. Just like, yeah. This person well, pulled and, me down. That's what I'm here <laughs> for, guys. <laughs> and maybe, maybe, maybe it's less pulling down and like a grounding in the earth. Because I, I think sometimes... You know, if you're trying to build a skyscraper and you don't lay any foundations, it's not going to go very well. Like it's going to fall over. Yeah. So I like coaches for grounding because it, it, it is like there's a root system. So you actually can yeah. grow. And if in so much of a so many like in our culture and so much of our business and, and just all the things that we're up to, if you really look at and if you're listening to this, too, it's like if you really look at everything that you're juggling, like 
you're doing a good job. <laughs> like you have a lot happening between relationships yeah. and partnerships and friendships and business mm -hmm. uh, and self-care and health and buying grocery, like all the things. If you look at all of what you're juggling, I think for me, it's really important to have, uh, and this is what I love to do as well, is is create a, a, a real conversation that that puts deep roots down into the ground so that something is sure and steady and can begin to grow. And that's a, that takes some time, by the way. Uh, and I love watching what's, what's able to be grown once somebody is grounded, is rooted, because then they can go as far as they want. Like they, you do you naturally, Esther, you do like, you're going to do that without me. I love being, being the, the counterbalance, so to speak, so that, uh, mm. yeah, you don't Icarus this thing. Uh, which is a which is a term I learned from Dan about two hours ago. Uh, fly too close to the sun, so your wings melt and you fall to your death. So yeah, what and so Esther, why don't we jump into like the actual coaching journey itself? So really, the purpose I hope the conversation is valuable for people to listen to because they not only do they hear someone reflecting on their own growth, but they also hear about how asking for help, seeking out others, putting people in your corner. Uh, can can be instrumental in changing their lives. So I'm curious, as you began coaching, what were some of the biggest shifts that maybe initially occurred for you? I would say a few things. I didn't realize that I had so many judgments about myself. There were so many walls mm -hmm. and stuff that I was saying no to about myself. So a lot of times, Chris would just yeah. stop my sentence and be like, what do you mean by that? Have you tested that? How do you know that? Yeah. And I'm like, I don't know. I've never tested it. He's like, where's that coming from? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> so I would say in a, in a nutshell, if I were to describe or visualize my biggest shift is probably all the walls have become doors or bridges. Hmm. So I would look at something and I can't do that. I'm a designer, so I'm not a good business person, for example. Wait, 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 wait. So is there a, let's go into some specifics around yeah. that. So what, what, is there a specific example of something that was a wall that, I love that analogy, became a bridge. Yeah. For example, I mean, this is, I mean, he would just catch little things I would say. Tina was on maternity leave. So there are some moments where I wanted to reach out for new business. And I made a comment yeah. saying, oh, I'm a designer. I mean, creative. So I'm not a good business person. And Chris would be like, wait a minute. What do you mean you're not a good business person? And have you tested that? Is that a proven thing? And I'm like, no. And so you put that into test and then you realize, oh, I'm a, I'm a pretty good business person. I could do this dev naturally. So there are a lot of surprising discoveries about myself that were just walls that I put up about myself that I didn't even know. Yeah. And that's just one professional example. I'm curious though, because like to shift from thinking of yourself as a designer... Yeah and not a, someone who does biz dev to doing biz dev, like how much of an impact did that have to your bottom line? I mean, a lot, because I would look at a person or opportunity and see that as a potential project or client versus me just dismissing that opportunity and not even asking. Wow. So that, that, that just changes everything. So everything <laughs> becomes an opportunity, not a no. I just kept on saying no in my yeah. brain. And Chris was like, where's that coming from? Why is that a no? Yeah. And so I actually did a lot of things that I wouldn't normally do, like speaking at a university, art colleges, or presenting the whole thing to a client. A lot of the things that Tina would take natural forefront because she's she's an awesome speaker. So that's another yeah. thing where it's like, oh, Tina is an awesome presenter. So therefore, I'm not a good presenter. 
So I noticed that that as a pattern where I'm not this, so therefore mm. I'm that. But it's more like, wow. no, you just build relationship in a different way. And the way I present is just different from, for example, Tina. So that discovery was, I would say, the starting point of our coaching process of converting my no and judgmental language and mindset into a greatest potential and something that is a transformative language, which is so yeah. key. Yeah. yeah. I, I say, you know, all the crap has become to crop. Ha. You are good. You work. You're right in the right field. Like, I just love how these things just roll off your tongue. It's so, it's, it's amazing. So it, it sounds like what you're saying, what happened was there were, there were skills that others had, to, like your business partner in this case, uh, that she had that you were going, well, she has it. I must not have it or, but they were dormant and, and they were there. And Chris kind of created a context for you to begin to explore the, and, and unlock them. Is that right? Right. right. And I think the way he approached it and the way he kind of nudged or poked at it, I was very receptive. Because if somebody, other wow. kind of personality would would tell me what to do, like, I don't like it when people tell me what to do. <laughs> I'll be like, oh. Yeah, I don't, I don't yeah. either. I don't so either. Like, Just, I don't think. That's okay. <laughs> I do. It's so much easier. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think Chris has a way of awakening uh certain like it's just the way he puts his words together the way he strings his words mm. is very approachable and very it's very loving so you want to do it and you're like oh yeah. you know what you're right why why do i think that way so it becomes more of a curiosity not someone telling you what to do so i'm curious chris uh from your perspective because esther strikes me as someone who's actually quite curious quite coachable maybe i'm wrong so I, I'm, I'm gonna go to the i'm gonna go direct to the source like I, in that initial phase of coaching and even it's not like this, what Esther was describing as far as the disruption of her thinking, like take us through what that perspective was like for you when you started with her. I actually, thanks for saying all that, Esther. <laughs> I think that's really fun. Um, I think when people do create the space for themselves and, and actually hold a mirror up, they're going to see some things. And I, I say I'm the mirror. And I think when, when you say it's like, I'm, I'm loving about it. First of all, I am. And second of all is like a mirror doesn't have an opinion. And so like mm. you look in a mirror and you have food on your face, the mirror doesn't go like start laughing at you or start judging you. I like, I have, there's a real neutrality. I think that we have, and, and I'm one of many, obviously there's lots of coaches in the firm, but, but one of the things that we like espouse is even as a value is, is a degree of neutrality when you see somebody getting in their own way. And even that, even judging, is it getting in somebody's way or is it serving them or where is it getting in their way and where is it serving them? Both of those are, are, are accurate. So then just like, so Dan, to answer your questions, like, uh, watching Esther, she's, she's a talker, which I love because when you, when you talk, you tip your hand. <laughs> and yes. so she was just showing me all of her cards <laughs> And well, by the way, that's like a good tip. It's funny. It's like, if you don't want to show your hand, just remain silent. <laughs> All right. That's why people play that card, but it, it costs them so much value. Like Esther showed her hand and then you were able to reflect back what you saw and that began to open things up for mm -hmm. her. Yeah. And just slowing, slowing things down. And then it's really fun to, to go, well, what do you, what do we want to, to do? Do you want to yeah. be bad at business? <laughs> Well, no. It's like, okay, well, 
what do we want? And then starting to reverse those judgments uh, has been really fun. And it's really fascinating. A part of part of my favorite part of my job, I think, is watching new things open up that have never existed before as as far as possibilities for that person. Because I'm like, I don't know their industry well enough. I don't know their their world well enough. I don't know their network. But when things turn, in this case, from from walls into doors and bridges, uh, yeah. it's really been fun to watch things open up and begin to develop. Yeah. And uh, and I'll say too is Esther is probably less rare than I'd like to admit in this, <laughs> but she didn't come in with like, this is a clear vision of what I want. Hmm. She came in going like, something's off <laughs> yeah. uh, or I feel stuck in some ways, Yeah, which she ran full at and was just like, here you go. This is, this is everything. This is what's going on. And then we just dealt with it. And a lot of stuff that, that has, has transpired since then, we did not have written out as like, this is what we're going to be working on when yeah. we got started. We, that was exploratory and it, and it came up more and more and more as we went. And I think that's part of the beauty of this work. So I, I think people, one of the things that, that Esther did I think right, if you want to say, if we want to say right or wrong, whatever, <laughs> yep. um, was she didn't wait until she had a very specific vision of exactly what she wanted. She just had this, this intuitive knowing that she, there was more yes. and more that she wanted, more that she was capable of, things of that nature. There was just this knowing, like this nagging, and then she followed that. And then that's what has been, I think, some of the most fun to, to watch and create. And then she's also like an implementer, like if if she reveals something, she puts it into action like really quickly. And yeah. so there's a lot of trust that comes with, with, with that for me as a coach too. And, and this is really fun is imagine like we, we talk a lot about commitments and like when somebody does says they're going to do something and then they come back and they have not done it. Oftentimes I'll, I'll actually sit with that person and, the, and what we have a tendency to do is, is in, in culture, not in coaching, but in culture is, is say, Hey, no, no problem sweep it on the rug. Just, we don't want to rock the boat and move and, on. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And one of my favorite things to do is just go like, Hey, just as a, just as a heads up, I feel incredibly disrespected. Yeah. Like you and I are in this together. You're not going to get results. If you don't do what you say you're going to do, what you, what you like, we uncover something. And then, mm -hmm. and then you said that you were going to do something about that. I trusted that. And, uh, and then you come back and you hadn't, if, if they hadn't done it, by the way, Esther, this is never you. And I'm still trying to get you on it. Well, actually, it's funny because that, that was me today with you. That's, that's true. I didn't want to I, say it. I didn't want to out you, Dan. Well, you, you didn't. You didn't. Yeah, yeah. It's like he's actually talking about me, guys. Uh, he's <laughs> in veiled terms. But it's such um, an Esther. I, I, I'm curious. Like we talk about making commitments as um, primarily to grow first and then to keep them second. Like we want both. And often people make commitments at a low level mm -hmm. or set their vision lower so they can achieve it and it doesn't require them to grow. But what's so fascinating about a coaching conversation is being willing to sit in the uncomfortable feeling of, of, of a broken commitment or a breakdown in what you said you were going to do. Right. And it sounds like you don't do that often. <laughs> is, that, is that true? I don't think I do that often, but I think I tend to dream smaller than I should. So Chris is constantly Ooh, blowing that dream bubble up all the time. <laughs> and yeah, and you know, when when co your, your coach is asking you questions that you don't want to deal with or you don't want to think and your brain is just like, I just want to lie down. Um, 
<laughs> there are moments where he's it's asking, true. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, and there are moments where he's asking me questions, and I'm like, shut up. I don't want to deal with it. <laughs> but it's that constant yeah. push. Um, and I think he's got me in the habit of creating and making something new rather than tapping into something that's already been done before. Yes. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I, I, and now, now can we get even more specific? So how has your business changed since you started working with Chris? So you went through that first initial phase of realizing kind of the blockages you'd put in, like specifically what, what has changed in your company since uh, this started? It was an interesting time period because I was running Little Fury by myself with a few freelancers. So I would say the big change with Little Fury is that I've been engaging a lot more potential projects and clients than before, which panned out mm. to more relationships. But I would say the the bigger change has been where, you know, all those things that, that you want to work on, you want to tap into, like, oh, wouldn't it be so cool if I could design like textile design or illustrate children's books or launch this site that gathers artists, which all the things that were like all quote unquote dreams of mine. And they're all in action right now. They're all in progress. And it's like the dream is coming to reality where, you know, when your soul and your goals kind of conjoin with someone who's accountable, like keeping you accountable, um, there is a change. And I think there is time, energy, and money at stake. So, you know, my practical brain is I got to get my everything worth with my time with Chris. Yeah. And it's been about seven months of working with Chris and I'm learning that it's just scratching the surface. Yeah. Yeah. So I walk in with a very yeah. skeptical mindset of well, what the heck is coaching Two, I'm like an advocate mm-hmm. and like an ambassador now. That's <laughs> <laughs> like, well, and it, it helped. Like, it sounds like you're getting a lot done. Like, it sounds like there's a lot more going on for you. Yeah. Do you feel exhausted by it? No. I mean, you feel more ener- energized by it because there, there are things that are moving. There are things that are happening. Mm. I think it's, it is the mind shift of what I really learned in the beginning where when you start to see all things as potentials, not as a block, like you just get curious in terms of like, oh, I wonder what that's going to turn into. I wonder what that's going to lead into. Yeah. And I think it keeps you younger yeah. and more energized. Yeah, you know? yeah. You heard it here first, folks. If you want to anti-age, <laughs> yes, and, you know, hire a coach. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's it's so fun to to hear. So, in terms of some of the projects you said, like illustrating children's books, like what are what are you doing now that you weren't doing before? So, uh, you listed some things, but I'd love to hear more about those projects. One of the two passion projects I'm working on is illustrating children's books with another friend who's a writer. The whole theme of the book is about fixed mindset versus growth mindset. It's about Johnny Mac and Cheese. Oh, cool. The main character is a macaroni. <laughs> Listen, I I heard that the first time. I was like, okay. And then I saw <laughs> the illustrations and stories and I am blown away. I cannot wait for this thing to hit, to drop. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Like, really a piece of macaroni. Got it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm telling you, just wait. <laughs> and then second one is called Gather, where... Uh, I've talked about like 20 amazing artists and they're basically sharing how they hold space, not just to teach their craft, but also it's a spiritual experience that I want participants to actually encounter in their own ways. Hmm. Yeah. So those two are in the works and looking to launch in the fall. And then 
children's book is in the works for another revision right now. Yeah, that's 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 super. I'm just excited to see how those dreams continue to open more doors up and expand what you're up to. Because in seven months from now or a year from now, we'll we'll have another conversation. And I'm sure you'll have another list of things that you're you're conquering, new mountains you're climbing. Um, Chris, I, I, a couple just more specific questions around just what's it like to work together. What do you think makes Esther unique in your purview of clients? I know Chris coaches a lot of people, myself included. He's a really talented coach and a very good producer, <laughs> award-winning producer. But you get to know people really well and at a deep level. And I'm curious, like, what have you, yeah, what's what's made Esther um, a special and what what does she bring to the table? I don't know if, if I have enough language <laughs> for that, but there is a, I think some of the key points that might be useful for people is uh, engagement. I would say that out of, out of my roster, if you want to call it that, of clients, the, the people that I get to work with, Esther probably engages the most with with me, with the work. There's a couple other people who are, are similar and close. And actually, now she knows them because I've introduced them. <laughs> and really, like full, we say the most amount of value, maximum value is going to come from full participation. And she gets all of that. It's just intuitively, she understands full participation. That's, I think, what what makes it really special. And then there's just chemistry and about, you know, having like being a right fit. We we both have similar visions. We have similar faith. We have similar expressions of that faith. We have like, how are things moving? What are we doing? Um, what do we want to see happen in the world? Like that's really inspiring for me. And so I think those are some of the the things that are really special, at least for me from my from my point of view. Esther, you said something really interesting that Chris just touched on. And I want to I want to slow down because it I think it it's probably intuitive to you, but I'm curious to see if that's the case. It seems like you show up and you get the most you're committed to getting the most out. You even said it. I want to get the most out of Chris. I want to get the most out of this space. Where did that come from? Is that something that somebody taught you from an early age? Is it just been the way you've been for a long time? Where did you get this notion of, "Oh, I'm going to create value here um, for myself?" Is it because I'm so expensive? Yeah, it might be that too. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, that's a really interesting question. And, and as you're thinking about it, I, we talk about this in our trainings and in our coaching a lot. And it strikes me as interesting. Uh, there are people who seem to intuitively do this already. Like they show up to a space and they don't think, oh, like, is this space going to give me value? Or is this value? They think, oh, what am I going to do here? How am I going to create value for myself? And there's an ownership that that communicates. And it's, I think it's, mm. it's rarer. And, and, and so, uh, yeah, I'm really curious, like, has that always been there? I think so. I think ever since I was little, mm. I think my personality or the way I'm wired, I can't really pinpoint and articulate where that comes from. But it's more like um, when you're present in that space or with a person, I mean, you're there. Mm. So mine as well, kind of attitude. <laughs> <laughs> I just love that. Mine not as well. Cause so many people don't do that. I like, I had this conversation with a professional athlete that I work with and he was going to a baseball game and I asked him like, what would it look like if you fully participated in the baseball game? Cause you can learn this skill, but it seems like it's so innate in you. Mm. And we made this list about all the things he was going to do. And he went and he was like, so much fun. He's like, I've never had more fun at a baseball game, but he created that for himself. But I love how you just flippantly said that, like, might as well. Like there's a, <laughs> yeah. which is not my experience with everyone. Hmm. Does that, does that, do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. In terms of yeah. that piece yeah. of it? 
I mean, another kind of like a funny answer that came to mind was, oh, maybe it's like an immigrant mentality. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, that's so interesting. Yeah. I, I, I have no idea if that's true or not, but I know I've encountered people throughout my, my career. And Chris, I, I love your comments on this too, like where they just seem to naturally do this. It's almost like an ownership mentality. Like they're like, I am here. Mm. What, why not? Why not give my best or get the most out of this moment? Chris, any thoughts on that? Uh, yeah, I think there's, it's to oversimplify, it'd be like, there's, there's people who are really, really confident. And then there's the people who want people to see them as really, really confident. <laughs> and those are different. Mm. And so I think when you are fully confident, or at least in acting fully confident and really like engaging your confidence, you drop judgments, there's, there's liberty to, to really play and explore, which is what this work is. I mean, it, it is, it's sometimes, I, you know, we make people really, really uncomfortable, but it's kind of in a fun way. It's usually ways like somebody's extremely uncomfortable and they're really like they're smiling or they're laughing. And I'm like, that's really fun for me. But as far as engagement and really like the um, participation or whatever we're talking about with with it, Esther's innate ability to do that is there's a confidence. There's a, just a raw confidence, whether it's everything is going to be fine or I've got that, like whatever that raw confidence is. I find that people with with more insecurities tend to be more judgmental. Uh, they tend to be more closed off, more cynical, more, uh, skeptical. And, and, and if I'm insecure and this is me as well, like if I'm insecure, I can't afford to be wrong. And so I, I mm. it, it just, can you say that again? Me. Can you say that one more time? Cause I think it's it, what you're saying is gold. Mm. Yeah. I like, if I'm, if I'm insecure, I can't afford to be wrong. And so it, it creates a really rigid experience of anything new. And naturally we don't gravitate towards things that are, that are new just as, as human nature. And so like, if we're, if we're insecure, if we're not really confident in, in our abilities and our, and our, and, and forget about abilities in our character and who it is. That, mm -hmm. So it's mm -hmm. like, I know that if, if our, and I said, I've said this to two people in the last 24 hours, Dan, you being one of them. I said, it's, it's not about what we know. It's about who we are that creates our world. And so, uh, if from a one person I was talking to about relationships, a client yesterday, and we were saying, we don't want somebody who has a pedigree and then a job, so to speak. We want somebody who has confidence in who they are as a person and, and what they can build in spite of any circumstance. One of my favorite teachers says, it's about your stance in your circumstance. Mm. And that piece is, I think, probably the most important to getting a lot out of the coaching. All of our clients who get the most out of the coaching, I, I feel like have a degree of confidence that shows up as humility and play and openness. And the more open we are, the more confident we are, the more we engage mm. this work. And it just leads to proving that story that it was okay because we know that if something is off or or not in alignment with our with our values or something like that, we're we're confident in ourselves and we can go like, yeah, this is not that's not I'm not open to that. I'm not okay with that. Well, and, and Esther, your story is like when you go back to the origin of just quitting your job and oh, we should make money and like like there's a there's a level of confidence that just is oozing out and and even confidence and this is something that's so interesting to just slow down and notice the confidence to seek out help like mm -hmm. and to chris's point like the more insecure you are the more 
threatened you are, hence uh, skepticism or cynicism. It's ugly stepbrother, just this need to stick with what you know. And it seems like you occur to me as this person who's incredibly curious and also confident in your curiosity, which I think is something that we talk a lot about in our space. Mm -hmm. This is where I would love to pivot a conversation. What are you confidently curious moving into for the future? Like, do you have a big picture of the future that you want to create? Or is it more, you know, bespoke in the way that we're talking about? Like, what, what's next for you? I would say whatever I'm up to now, I would love to dig deeper into what does the fullness of that each endeavor looks like for me. Um, and probably start from there because I think when that fullness actually interjects, it's not something that I could actually calculate or make up, but it's, it's not my strength. It's, it's my maker's strength. So I think that puts a completely different perspective to what I am capable of that my, my faith, my God is doing through me. And that is a whole other different level of dreaming for me. So there's a spiritual, a spirituality component to what's next for you. That's really important in in the journey. That's beautiful. Yes. That's beautiful. Yeah. I, I I really love that. Recently, so I spent three about two and a half three months or so in New York City, which is where Esther lives, and we we ended up maybe like what six blocks from each other or something like that out of the entire oh, wow. city. And so we got some unique time together and met a lot of her friends and things like that. So mm-hmm. we were, I believe, we were walking home one night from from an event or something like that. We were, we were walking home and we we're on the same path and I was challenging you. <laughs> it wasn't an official coaching session, but really challenging you to, to think of how big this thing that you're doing could, could be whatever. And sometimes big isn't uh, the right word for it. So I don't want to, I don't want to moralize that and say that's, that's the right word or good way to think about it. But we were talking about scope of impact. And, and so I was like, just spend some time I was like, just, just spend some time and see what, what comes. And then Dan, Esther comes back with like, this could be global. That's my impersonation of you. Esther. <laughs> this could be like global. This could be <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> so that's the kind of fun that I get to yeah. have in, uh, in showing up and go, okay, okay, okay. Now tell me about global. Tell me about, and then, now Esther, I'm, I'm tipping your hand to the, to the world here. I go, tell me about what it looks like when this thing goes global. Hmm. Like what pieces do we need to put in place and let's get sober about it and, and, and timelines and like whose help are we going to need? And now you're, you're organizing your board of directors and there's all kinds of things happening. That's like not your term. That's my term for it. <laughs> uh, whatever. You're gathering your people mm-hmm. in a way that's really exciting and is going to move some things forward in a really significant way for a lot of people. And that's what's really fun because uh, we just get to explore. And Dan, we wouldn't have known any of that on our first conversation because Esther showed up going, I don't know about you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, Esther, I came into the coaching environment highly skeptical. And I think rightfully so because there's there's a lot of ineffective coaches. There's a lot of effective mm-hmm. coaches. Just like there's a lot of good restaurants. There's a lot of bad restaurants. Like there's a there's such a swath of of various degrees of quality and and capability and things like that. So uh, there is a healthy skepticism, but also an unhealthy version of that that keeps you away from things that could actually be helpful for you. I'm curious, do you have any advice for people who are trying to figure that out or trying to explore coaching, maybe maybe have been skeptical or cynical towards it? I mean, they're probably not listening to the podcast, to be honest, but... <laughs> But if you had a message for them, but by chance, crazily enough, they were, they were, you know, tuning in. What, what would you, what would you say? 
I would say engage with a few different coaches. If one doesn't jive well, then you should have another conversation or someone who's been through coaching like me. Yeah. <laughs> like I would love to talk to yeah. anybody and everybody about, hey, this is this was my mindset about coaching and my judgments, but my my experience with Chris and his company has been so awesome that like it's I think it's a natural thing where you just want to open the door of your world to, hey, this is something that's totally, totally good. Um, engage in it, meet them. If it's not your time, next time. But mm. at least have a conversation. It can't hurt. Yeah. It's like I found water. It's over yeah. here. Do you want are you thirsty? Yeah. 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 <laughs> and I think that there yeah. is a little yeah. bit of like a you know, people don't like advertising and trying to sell stuff or whatever. So, and I think yeah. it is a natural like state of me where even building in new friendships, I think I carry this little bit of like, oh, you don't want to be friends with me. It's your loss, yo. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> There's that, I love that, cop, like that, that confidence, right? Yeah. Like, I, I told yeah, you. Like, okay. I, what did I well, tell and, you? And, 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 yeah, well, and, and actually that's another question that comes to mind. So, for maybe maybe somebody's listening to this and they 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 want to start a business. Um, mm. They want to do what you did. They want to, mm. and and they're maybe they feel stuck. Uh, what would you what would you say to that person? Uh, maybe what would you tell yourself? Go back in time to that 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 period when you were trying to figure out. Oh, do I do I do this? What would you say? I mean, I think a lot of a lot of people do come to us and ask about like, how did you start? you know, advice and whatever. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I think there's some like a beauty into not figuring everything out because, you know, you have your vision and everything figured out. It's not going to go in that way anyway. So if you have passion for it and I always encourage people to just try it. Hey, if you don't, if that business doesn't work out, you could go back to your full-time job or whatever you want to do. It's just like, I think it's that fear that, kind of blocks a lot of people. And I think there is yeah. a reason why Tina and I started our business when we were in our 20s, because we did not, we were just so naive. Like if we were to, we, we came to one another and met one another in like maybe like mid thirties, I think there were so many risk factors and calculations and whatever that we probably didn't, we were probably just onto our you know path of doing our own thing, maybe like in full-time jobs. Yeah, But I think there is, um, uh, beauty and something that could be valuable when things are not totally figured out, where you're kind of entering into, you know what, I just want to try this. If it doesn't work out, I'll figure something out. And that in itself is a luxury for you to be able to think that like, hey, maybe I could start my own thing. That thought is a privilege and a, mm. and a luxury, mm. you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. So I, I always encourage people to try it. And another advice that I always give them is, try to ask uh, many free help as possible. Ah, Like accountants and bookkeepers and lawyers and what, like get like your people together that you trust that who could help you for free in the first three months. To get, to get you going in hopes that, you know, you would employ them further on as your business starts to take off and you, you can afford a lawyer or yeah. an accountant. Yeah. Well, yeah. And, and, and actually you're reminding me of, this is very timely. You're reminding me of the conversation I had with Chris earlier today in my coaching session with him. So, uh, and I kind of want to parlay that together because I think it's um, I think it would be a huge value add for people listening who are wrestling with the next step of their development or their evolution as a person, as a business leader, as a coach, whatever they're mm -hmm. up to. Chris, I don't want to steal your thunder. I'm sure you remember the question you asked me or what you asked me to do, but it sounds like 
Esther had, had also, also had gone through this process. So do you remember that question you asked me today? I do not. <laughs> <laughs> I was like such a... That's such a bad setup. I'm so I'm sorry. So glad, I'm so glad that you do, though. <laughs> yeah, it's like uh, I, I can't remember either. No, um, you you asked me what if you became incredibly clear and connected to what's the worst thing that could happen, and you solve for it. Because mm. I think sometimes we we spend emotional time thinking about what if it goes wrong, but we don't actually. Ask, it, this is what I notice about people that I coach and I myself too is we ask questions with no intention to answer them. So we'll ask a question like, what if it goes wrong? And we don't, but we don't answer the question. We don't go, well, I could do this or I could do that or I could, you know, and it sounds like Esther, you did that. My hope is that somebody in their mid thirties, even forties or fifties mm-hmm. can use that question or that getting close with what's the worst that could happen so they could navigate that in a powerful way and it not be an, a reason that holds them back from starting their, 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 their company or stepping into a new job or, or a new relationship. So Chris, I just want to, this is just a Chris love fest at this point. I think we need to, I mean, we'd take them down a notch. Let me ask a question, Esther. What's the worst <laughs> thing Chris has ever done in a coaching go. context with you? <laughs> it's like, I don't know if there's an answer to that. that that's a facetious question, but, <laughs> um, but yeah, that, that, that to me, uh, uh, it's just been a huge value add, um, an awareness of like, what could I do? So there wasn't, it takes the fear away, doesn't it, Esther? Like in terms of mm-hmm. your own dream, it kind of pulled that off. Yeah. Do you see a lot of people that you're working with now in your agency, the people you're connected to? Do you see that fear in, in a lot of other people that you're connected to in their own businesses? Do you see people holding themselves back? Yeah. Uh, a lot of people that I engage with or connect with, obviously I'm working through that as well. And, you know, as a human too, but yeah. I'm just curious to like, oh, where is that mindset coming from? Because I think one of the powerful questions that Chris recently asked me was, well, what is the best thing that could happen to you? And I just looked at him and I'm like, you know, I don't think anybody thinks like that. Huh. It, is, um, it is rare. Yeah, it is very rare. And it really does shift things into a lot more simple. And why wouldn't you expect something that could be best thing for you in, in, yeah. in terms of what you're doing and, you know, the next thing that you want to try? Yeah. Yeah. There's a paradox with that, isn't there? Sometimes people who think, just about the best thing that could ever happen, probably need to be asked, hey, like you should probably prepare for current reality as well. And then there's others who get stuck there who don't ever ask the question, what's the best thing? They don't see, you know, people see the costs or the benefits, but they don't tend to hold both intention very well. Right. Yeah. Yeah, Dan, that's that's actually a really good point too, is because somebody listening to this could go like, oh, I got the question, so I don't need the coach. And sure. <laughs> and and there's a there's a a nuance to the to the context that that question is asked in. Yeah. that I think is really important as well. And so the questions are powerful, yes. And the context in which they're asked is probably the most powerful. So this is yeah. why I, I'm not against anything really like this, but like this is why your Instagram coach and your meme feed, uh, in my opinion, is not like, it's not enough. Is that person a coach? Yes, but they're not your coach. Yeah, I can in many ways sort of exacerbate a perspective that's harmful for you because there's nobody, there's nobody there slowing it down going, Hey, like, I'm, I'm glad you believe in yourself, but actually you probably want to you know, pick apart some of those beliefs right now. Cause those beliefs may not be rooted in reality uh, in a way that's going to help you survive and, and vice versa. So I, I, I totally agree with you there, Chris, last couple, last couple questions. And then, and then we'll wrap. 
Esther, uh, your story is really inspirational. And, and um, in terms of building something from the ground up and working with major brands, and then it, it, there's just a theme of taking risks, but not uh, not reckless risks, calculated risks, but also leading into, into confidence. It sounds like, though, in many ways, what you're up to with Chris really is slowing down to poke at the, the conversations in your head that aren't that complicated, but are just often left alone just to function, right? And so I, I'm curious because I think when people hear about coaching, they tend to think it's for, you know, C-suite CEOs. And we work with a lot of people like that. But do you think coaching is something that anyone should access? Like, and that's kind of a leading question. But I'm curious, like, for the person who's listening to this, who thinks like, well, it's not for me. Like, I'm not a, I'm not a you know, I'm not a, a CEO or I'm not an executive director. Uh, what would you say to that person? Who's maybe, maybe that's kind of a, a cynicism as well. But I'm just curious, like, what, what would you say to that person? I personally think that everybody could benefit from coaching. One, if the match is right and the timing has to be right. I think if you have those two factors aligned, you could benefit a lot. Talk to me about the timing a little bit more because we've talked a little bit about the chemistry, but I'm curious about the timing piece. Timing when you know that you could commit and you know that you could give 110%. Because yeah. if you're not in it, then why are you here? Like, don't waste people's time. <laughs> You know what I mean? It's like, what's the point? Yeah. So I think knowing your season of life where you know that you could do the work, implement, commit, being open to having accountability, someone who's overseeing you. You know, I've been actually thinking out about like, is there a different word for coaching? Because that has Mm. that actually carries some kind of weight to how people worldview as coaching. Like me. Like when I hear the word coaching, I'm like, okay. You know, everyone, their mother is a coach. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's so true, eh? You know? Um, I'm so waiting I for, actually, the, for the but. But. <laughs> no, there isn't, there isn't a right a title or word for to encapsulate what yep. I've been experiencing. And yeah. the way I've been uh, describing my experience with Chris with my world is holistic coaching, but I don't like that either. That sounds too new agey. You know what I mean? You may enter into one area of your life, but you can't help but that it bleeds into like your life as a whole. Yeah. But yeah. So it's it's a it's like a tricky thing to like say it in a term, yep. but it's something that you have to experience and go through it yourself because it's kind of like, oh, I could describe how amazing this dish is, but would yeah. that actually satisfy how I describe it versus you tasting it? Yes. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Better experienced than explained is what we say. Yes. Better yes. experienced than explained. I think Chris and Yoda are related at some level. Um, <laughs> says he's it's really just the way we look. <laughs> yeah. yeah. People are, if you were on video, if this, if this is a vodcast, guys, you'd be shocked at the, the way Chris's head is shaped. I don't know. <laughs> it's very Yoda like. No, that's it's the not ears. It's the ears. You have, yeah, that's not even close to be true. No, that's that's fantastic and and so helpful to hear the perspective of both because I I understand that it's like trying to describe what water is to someone who's never felt or tasted it. Mm-hmm. It doesn't really do much uh, for people. So yeah. be willing to step yeah. into the space with an open mind to see uh, what what could be there. It sounds like you really did that in a powerful way. Yeah, I also think that everyone's different. So your experience with your coach is going to be different to my experience. Yes. So it's like, oh, I would love to hear your experience because you are one of a kind. Yeah. What that coach may bring out in you is different from what I bring out in you. 
so yeah, I think every experience is just uniquely different, and there there is always unexpected surprises with your sessions. Yeah, that's so true. One of my favorite things. Yeah, I could guarantee that. Yeah, <laughs> I could guarantee that. I mean, there are so many moments where I'm like walking into a session, going like, "What are we gonna talk about today?" <laughs> and then you walk away, going like, "Oh shoot, dang it, that was good." Yeah. Yeah, it, it is interesting what's hiding in plain sight and awareness and slowing down to even do that, to look, uh, is something that we we don't as a culture do often. We're so we're busy. We're always doing stuff. So yeah. I just want to pivot lastly to Chris. Chris, is there any other things you want to add to the conversation that hasn't already happened uh, before we wrap? I just can't encourage enough the openness. Forget me, forget me. <laughs> like I'm like, yeah. there's lots of other coaches in the world. Uh and 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 I'll say they're all terrible. Use Novus. <laughs> uh, like, Which isn't true. <laughs> no, it's not. It's not. Um, but there's lots of there's lots of coaches around here. And I, I just can't stress enough like the the being open and willing to to explore what it is that is, like you say, Dan, is hiding in plain sight. I think what what really keeps me up at night, what keeps me in this work is like it might sound dramatic. I like to have a lot of fun, but like you can't unsee this stuff when you're when yep. you're trained in it. And so when you watch your friends, your family, your colleagues, uh, the, you know, I run, obviously I run another business. Uh, so I'm constantly working in, in a totally different world and you see people getting in their own way and they have no idea how easy it could be with a couple of conversations of in, like mm. intentional conversations mm. for them to totally transform their entire experience of life. Yeah. And that is a really, I just, if I if I have my soapbox, I'm going to say that on it. Just being open to having these types of conversations and then willing to make the investment, whatever the investment is. Sometimes it's time, sometimes it's money, sometimes it's yeah. your pride. Yeah. Uh, making the investment because it, like coaching is absolutely an investment. It is not a cost. We have to look at it like an investment because it will pay off dividends forever. Yeah. And so if I can, if I had to put a exclamation point on a conversation it would be it would be that i call my 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 uh my favorite clients i call them model citizens of the work and esther couldn't be more of a model citizen to engaging being open being curious and quite frankly just being really really fun really really generous so no that's that's so good chris and so i just want to thank you chris so much for letting me chat with esther like somebody you care about as a client but also as a friend and esther thank you so much for being on our show, uh, sharing your story. I've felt energized just by listening to you speak and being who you are. So being around you is just such a gift. For those of you who want to check out Esther's work, what's the website handle, uh, Esther? Where, where can we find you? Littlefury.com. Fantastic. Which is the coolest name. It is really cool. I'm just going to say, it is just such a, it is the coolest name. It was one of the first things that stood out. I was like, oh, yeah, I want to work with them. Yeah. <laughs> just so I can say. Yeah, it's disruptive. I love it. Um, and, and Esther, if anyone wants to reach out to you, that's the best way to get a hold of you. Just just go through your website. Yeah, Esther at littletheory.com. That's fantastic. Well, thank you for being on the show, Chris. Thank you for sharing Esther with us. And Esther, thank you for sharing your story. We hope this helps you go beyond high performance uh, in the rest of your day and week. Take care. Thank you for listening. For more resources like this, as well as articles and videos by all of our coaches, go to novus.global and click on resources. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe. That helps us out a lot. Rate and leave a review. If you didn't like us, just leave us alone. We drop new episodes every week and we don't want you to miss out.
If you want to explore hiring a Nova Global coach or becoming an executive coach at the Meta Performance Institute for Coaching, email us at begin at novus.global or click the link in the show notes. Thank you again for listening. And remember, dare to go beyond high performance.